Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Sharon Butler, a painter and publisher of the art blogazine, Two Coats of Paint. This is a Two Coats of Paint conversation. This past week, Two Coats published several pieces, Peter Malone on Siobhan McBride's show, David Carrier on Lucian Freud in London. We had an interview with Ed Kim, who opened a store called Sunnyside Arts in Queens. Margaret McCann wrote on Don Doe's show at 490 Atlantic. Martin Bermierski uh, on Claudia Keep at March. Mary Sargent on Renee Katami's show at Prince Street Gallery. And Zach Seeger on Joni Tremblay uh, at Harper's in Chelsea. Check out these pieces along with our selected gallery guides for New York City and the Hudson Valley region at www.twocoatsofpaint.com. Today I invited Peter Dudek to host a conversation about museums, specifically the ones we haven't been to in a while. Peter is an artist who teaches at Hunter College and the School of Visual Arts here in New York City. He's also the director of cultural programs at Bascom Lodge atop Mount Greylock in Adams, Massachusetts. Next week, as a curator, he'll feature the work of Emily Silver in the Springbake Art Fair LA. In addition to curating, his practice consists of sculpture, photography, printmaking, and the occasional bit of writing. And he wants me to tell everyone that he does not paint. Hi, Peter. We also have a guest joining us today, Lori Fendrick. Lori is a professor emerita at Fine Art of Fine Arts at Hofstra University and a Guggenheim award-winning painter who writes both art criticism and fiction. She's a member of the organization American Abstract Artists and is represented by Lewis Stern Fine Arts in Los Angeles. Lori divides her time between Northwest Connecticut and New York City. Welcome, Lori. We have a conversation, usually, and then in the second half, we'll bring uh, more guests to the stage for thoughts and comments. Peter, why don't you get this started? What are we doing here? Well, we did a series of clubhouses on things that we had not done uh, in the art world. Like, we, we, there were certain galleries we haven't ever been to. You know, they opened and closed before we were able to get there. Uh, there were art fairs that we never went to. And even exhibitions, despite the fact we see tons of exhibitions, there's always ones that we don't see. And so now, museums. Uh, there's some museums, uh, sad to say, uh, I haven't been to in a long time. You know, the title of that talk is Haven't Been To In A While, but some have been really a, a while. And then there's, it's not just, uh, it's primarily New York City museums, but I've added a couple destination locations uh, outside of New York City that we can talk about as well. And so there's like, uh, you know, w what happened? You know, there's museums that I have not been to since before COVID, you know. So, for example, um, the Bronx Museum. I, I don't remember. That's on my list. I've never been there. I I've been there, but it's probably a couple of decades, you know. And uh, <clears throat> one thing I'm curious to hear about especially from the younger folks, if they are in the audience. You know, when I uh, first came to New York, I made a point of going to every museum, you know, and, uh, and, and just to see, you know, what's there. And then after that, I would go according to what exhibits they had, that sort of thing. So I, I don't know if students still do that. They just canvas every possible new, uh, museum within the uh, New York City and perhaps the tri-state area. Uh, but, you know, maybe that'll come up in this... Uh, uh, dis discussion. Um, Brooklyn Museum <clears throat> haven't been there in a little while uh, since before COVID. Also, uh, I don't know if I want to if I want to list just the ones I haven't been to in a long time or talk about them a little bit before I go into them. But like the Bronx Museum, I, 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 there's an interesting show there that I, I, I hope to see, and uh, it's uh, with. Uh, John Ahern and Rigoberto Torres, you know, those guys have been casting uh, people in the, in the Harlem and Bronx area for a long time. And uh, these, this seems like the most ambitious show by those two that uh, I'm aware of. So I want to check that out. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I show videos of them casting to my students all the time when we get into uh, the casting project, you know. Lori, have you been to the Bronx? Oh, yeah, I've been to the Bronx many times. I actually, it's one of my favorite museums. And so here, this is embarrassing. I haven't been since I saw the Gordon Mata Clark show there in 2018, which was right. a spectacular exhibition. One of the, I mean, by that, I mean the, everything about it. I mean, you can't make a, it fully visual except by having a lot of video footage, which they had, because so much of uh, Gordon Mata Clark's work was ephemeral. But they also had art objects, like a hundred of them or something, sketches, uh, you know, cut some of the cutouts that he had done from buildings and wonderful educational material for those like me who still wanted to learn about Gordon Mata Clark, even though I had admired him for a year. So I think, and it has wonderful exhibition space. Um, which will lead me to saying that sometimes when I tuck a museum into the back of my mind that I don't go to anymore, sort of like, I'm going to put it right out there right now. I don't go to the new museum very often anymore. And I haven't been there in a really long time. And a big reason, I, I, I really admired Marsha Tucker when she first started. I saw the Bad Painting Show uh, back in 78, 1978 in the old before the new museum was built, but the new museum's new museum, I think has appalling gallery spaces and I can't stand those stairwells. And so I always am avoiding it. And so I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I have been there. And, and uh, I, I remember when the new museum first opened um, as part of the new school, you know, and, and that was just, uh, an exhibition space. It was very casual. It wasn't. It was hardly a museum, you know. And then they had that temporary space on, I think, Broadway and Soho. And now they built their own building. And the unique thing, of course, is they don't collect, you know. But usually, I go there once a year. You know, I, I would say I have to uh, at least once a year I go there. But let's get to the outer boroughs, Queens. Man, I haven't been there in a while. Uh, uh, yeah. What about you, Lloyd? Queens? I think the last show, I mean, I was there recently, not that long ago. I saw the Suzanne Lacey show there. And, um, uh. but that's was a, you know, very unusual thing for me to go to the Queens Museum. I have to tell you right now, I used to work for um, Jane Farver when she worked at the Queens Museum as a uh, curator, I guess it was. And I used to work doing editing catalogs for her. So I, grew fond of the museum and its exhibitions, but they have brought, you know, wide ranging things. Like I remember stuff on, uh, you know, jazz and stuff like that. So it isn't just, given that my leanings are to go find, seek out painting shows primarily because I'm a painter and I, uh, you know, I, I don't apologize for it. I like painting best. Uh, I'm not, they're not on my radar all the time. And I should at least be trying and to follow what they're putting up. So, the short answer is, yeah, I did go see the Suzanne Lacey show because I, you know, she's an L.A. artist and I lived in L.A. for a long time. But and I wanted to go with another person. But I it's kind of a misleading thing to say, because that was the first time in years I had gone. Yeah. Well, they do a lot of different kinds of stuff. They do stuff about air travel and, of course, the, the World's Fair and stuff. I remember a design show and what, you know, it was a deco art deco design show yeah they do projects they do these interesting right. projects all the time they're worth following i hereby maya culpa i don't follow them enough right yeah yeah it's been uh, over a decade for me yeah i'm kind of a manhattan girl too and so like it's a straight <laughs> shoot on the number four to get to the bronx museum it's not a hard uh, okay. but like in my head it's like how do i get to the queen's museum <laughs> Okay, what about the Brooklyn? Now, now that's a major museum there. That's, uh, you know, I haven't been there since before COVID in probably 10 years again. What about you guys? Well, uh, <laughs> I think I saw the last show I saw there was a long time ago. It was Lee Krasner painting show. Does anybody remember seeing that? It was a, it was a superb show, but I, it must have been five years ago. I did not see that. I did hear that it was a good show. For some reason, I didn't see it. Uh, I, you know, when they first showed the uh, dinner table by Chicago, that was like in 70-something, you know. I saw it there. And then I went back when they 
uh, installed it as part of the permanent collection. Maybe that was the last time I was there. The dinner party. Yeah. Yeah, that is part of the permanent collection. And uh, yeah. I'm just remembering I saw a Leon Polk Smith there too, but I can't remember what year it was. So it, it's right. a kind of yeah. it, 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 my second mea culpa. I've got two so far. Um, uh-huh. I should pay more attention to it. It's not like it's hard to get to. Another museum that's not hard to get to. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. how much time do you have? You have to kind of play triage here. Yeah, well, this is the thing that, that uh, you know, the ex- incredibly expanded art world uh, it keeps you away from museums, you know, it, you know, because you're trying to pay attention to the contemporary stuff. Uh, and they, the galleries, uh, periodically do stand out surveys of their own that previously only museums would do, right? It's uh, it's unbelievable that the the they the, uh, took over uh, certain territory that the, uh, used to be the provenance of uh, museums. <clears throat> I do think that is a reason that uh, uh, I don't get to certain museums as as often. Uh, so yeah, what do we do? We did the Bronx, uh, the Brooklyn, uh, the Queens. What about the Studio Museum in Harlem? When's the last time you've been to that one? I like that museum. I think uh, the last thing I saw there was Alma Thomas. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I missed that. Movie. Me too. I saw that show, and I do think of it as a really wonderful museum. And I, I, uh, another museum that's really easy to get to. Yeah. And um, you know, I think some of it is like uh, paying attention. So you've got to go and you've got to say what's up at, at the Student Museum in Harlem right now, and then you got to go look it up. And so. Yeah that laziness factor comes in. That's why I say to people, I rely on the big five. I'm always going to the Met, MoMA, Whitney, Guggenheim, and yes, the Frick, although now it's at the Met Breuer, which is like the old Whitney, which is, you know, and I forget that it's there, you know. But a museum I wanted to throw in that I think is really a museum to go to, and I, I, I do try to go to it whenever I think of it, uh, and check out what's there is is the Morgan, because you have in your head the Morgan Library, but the exhibitions are wonderful. And um, I saw a Wayne Thiebaud exhibition there not that long ago, maybe three years ago. He was still alive. That was to die for. A beautiful, beautiful watercolor uh, painting um, exhibition. And um, it's off my radar way too much. It's, it has memorable exhibitions. And right now I know they... Um, they have up an exhibition that uh, my friend Kim Uchiyama, who's a painter, told me about that I want to go see. I think it's called She Who Wrote, but I'm not sure. Anyway, it's about the earliest uh, named author in world literature who was a woman in Mesopotamia in, I want to say, the third century BC. Please don't hold me to these numbers. But anyway, she's apparently highlighted in this exhibition and, and uh, Kim recommended it to me as having beautiful, beautiful objects in it. And yeah. so it has a certain meaning with the objects that I'm always hunting for, which was, again, something I missed in the Met show. I don't want to get into criticizing shows I saw, but that's the other thing. You can go to a show and get greatly dense, disappointed, and then you turn off to that place for a while. Yeah, I went to the Morgan <clears throat> recently. That's on my list of museums that COVID delayed my going to, because I would go there every year, you know. And, and you know, but since they expanded, the most recent expansion that is, uh, I tend to go less into the library. So I saw the She Who Wrote show. It was it was fascinating, visually fascinating, you know. And then I saw the uh, that German guy who paints upside down, uh, Baselitz. And uh, and then there was a third show about uh, illustrations that were for uh, a children's book that was that was really fascinating too. Out of the three, I was less interested in Baselitz, but that she who wrote thing it, it is a very cool show. Uh, I'm going to throw in another one that I do go to, um, but I think it's off a lot of people's radar because the collection is permanent all the time. Uh, the Neue Gallery on Fifth Avenue. And, right. uh, you know, everyone loves the portrait of Adele Block, whatever her name was. Uh, <laughs> you know, they want to go see that. It's permanently on view. And it was a humongous purchase by the Louder. I never can remember which Louder. Ronald. 
<clears throat> well, is it Ronald? That Ronald yeah. is, is the Noya Gallery. But what a collection. I mean, it's almost all male stuff, but I mean, I happen to love Max Beckman and Otto Dix and Egon Schiele. And I go in there when I just want to see them. And I do that. It's right by the Met. It's not like it's hard to find. And uh, sometimes the Met is just daunting and I don't feel like it. And so I, I just cross the street and go there. Some of this is him hampered by money because I, I have a membership at the Met and MoMA. Uh, artist membership at MoMA is, in case anybody doesn't realize, is incredibly inexpensive. But the Met offers you no such discount, except you can pay what you want. And I always feel guilty. But um, I do pay at the Noya Gallery, and it's always worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That, <clears throat> I go to Noya. But, uh, yeah, COVID delayed going to Noya, so I haven't been there in, in like, I guess, three years now. I, <clears throat> I didn't have that on the list, but, uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Okay, I have. To, I would like to ask people: Have you been to the sex museum? <laughs> I, tried to, I mean, I'm bringing it up because it's like there, and I've seen lines of people outside of it, and I'm a kind uh -huh. of a prude. And I thought, what's in it? And uh -huh. I really don't know what's in it. I mean, I don't know. Is it pornography? What's inside? I think Somebody Sharon. Tell me? Sharon admits to having gone there. I've been there. Yeah. And I went. Because there, you know, there's a um, there was a, a motion uh, designer who designed text for the museum. You know, the thing about it is, it's very interesting in the historic parts about sex, and then you get to the contemporary parts, and you just it just feels kind of creepy. <laughs> that would be my take on it. Yeah, you know, I have like you're yeah. you're. It's like going to the red light district when you get to the end. Okay, I'll scratch that one off my list. <laughs> um, I like the way they make fun of bougie women like me clutching my husband's arm as I'm walking down the street. And they just, you know, thumb their nose at me right through the window. <laughs> it's like, okay, sorry, I just wanted to see. Here's another museum that's off my radar, um, but I saw a great exhibition there. Um, uh, the last one I saw was in 2021, the Louise Bourgeois exhibition, and it's the Jewish Museum. And um, they often have spectacular exhibitions. And I'm a huge fan. I mean, I'm not a fan of, I don't really need to go see a Museum of Sex show, but I love Louise Bourgeois. I hunted down to see, I'm a huge fan of her work. She. I am not into porn, but I'm into the breasts and balls like she is. And so she's my idea of how to get at sex and sexuality in a remarkable, sexy way. And uh, so I loved that show. And I should look at what they put up more often because there was that show. And I only went because someone recommended it to me. Yeah, I, I go there all the time. And uh, the last one was just recently um, the... Uh, um, New York, I think it was 1962 to 1965, something like that. It was a great show, a little survey of that period, where they were uh, having really great exhibits at the time, you know, Midmar, et cetera. They were very involved at contemporary art at that time. So it was fun to see them uh, reinvestigate that period, and their, perhaps their relationship to it. But ever since, uh, I think it's Claudia Gould, who's the director, took over. They've been doing fantastic shows there. Every, every year I go there. And it's right around the corner from the Guggenheim. <clears throat> I, I've been there more than the Guggenheim, you know, because for one thing, there's no line ever. Uh, it, it's it's uh, so easy to see work there. It's amazing. I saw the, uh, before that, I saw the Mondigliani show, which I really liked, even though I was told many might be fakes. But they were good fakes, you know. Well, what about the uh, Museum of the Bible? Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay, what about the Rubin Museum? I, I, I haven't been there recently. but I went there I, once. How's that? It was enough. I, I've been more than once. and, and uh, But that was because uh, at that time, School of Visual Arts had the sculpture department right down the street. And, and so I would just kind of casually walk in there, you know. And, uh, but, you know, on my list are, are, are museums that focus on uh, art, you know. Like that, that's the thing. I, I, would, I don't know if I'd put them as uh, focusing on art, you know, just like the sex museum was on my list, you know. Uh, it's uh, the Rubin I see as a cultural venue, but but um, 
I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I see, I, see, I go there accidentally, I guess, you know, because I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah. Look, there's, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you want to broaden this discussion, Peter, but I think one of the things that underlies all of our decisions about museums and what to go see is that strange mix that we have in expectations when we go to a museum. Are we there for pleasure? Are we there to be edified about some art we don't know? A mix of those two things. Um, and, you know, there's this tension between entertainment and pleasure and basically the curating and scholarship and educational side, I think is a little bit of tension because like sometimes I just want to go and just look and I and then I realize the limitations of that. And so then I'll peek at the didactic material and say, oh, I wasn't seeing any of that at all. So I kind of mix them. I'm mixing my pleasure with educational stuff. And it's a little bit of a strange thing. What what am I looking for when I go to a museum? Well, you know, <clears throat> museum going is certainly part of our research, you know, especially as educators and, and practicing artists, you know. So I, 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 I see it almost entirely as research, you know. And sometimes I enjoy it, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> but uh, that's why uh, I don't go to certain museums so much because the, the kind of research I'm primarily interested in, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Rubin doesn't really show much of it, you know. Uh, so it, it, it I'm, I'm curious to hear this, uh, from other people about the, the same thing, you know, uh, why they go. Is it related to the practice always? Is it just, you know, like a tourist just kind of seeing stuff, you know? <clears throat> and my uh, uh, list of, I call it destination museums, is the Philadelphia Museum and, and the Barnes Collection. I, I was just there recently. And uh, the uh, Philly Museum, great museum, but it, it's probably a destination museum because of its Duchamp collection. You know, that's when I first went there to, uh, as a student to see the Duchamp collection, you know? But recently it was the Matisse show, and man, it was packed. You know, I used to think you could go to museums outside of New York City and there wouldn't be so many people. But you could understand what Matisse, it was packed, like 40 minute wait to get in, et cetera. Uh, and then I went to the Barnes also. Of course, I, I you know, I, I don't like the fact they brought, they brought the Barnes downtown and it's a whole different feel and it feels like an extension of the uh, Philly Museum. Mondigliani show there, fine show. But again, it was packed, you know, and I'm thinking, are, are people really that interested in Modigliani? <laughs> I could not believe I had to wait 40 minutes to get in there, you know what I mean? And, and once you're in there, it's wall-to-wall people, you know? I'm conflicted about the issue of packed museums. Like uh, when I was at the Met on um, Saturday, it was packed. It was packed. I shouldn't have gone on Saturday, but I did. And part of me was like, very arrogant and elitist, like, what are all these people doing here? And then I was thinking, okay, who am I to say that these people aren't getting enough out of what's there at the, at the Met? And on my way out, I just, I was with my husband and I said, stop, we're going to look in this little vitrine here. And we just, on the way out, we just stopped. And all these people are like going around. And there's this tiny little brooch from Roman uh, ruins, 100 AD of a rabbit, a little rabbit on a, it's a brooch. And I just said, let's look at this thing here just to wake us up. Let's look at this little thing. It couldn't have been bigger than, you know, really seriously under an inch wide. And I just wanted to shake up that feeling I was having that I was on a conveyor belt moving through these yeah. with all these people. But then I left conflicted about my own elitism and all, but it was fun to stop and look at a little brooch of a rabbit. That's yeah, what the Met it, gives you. The Met it, gives you that chance. It gives you that little joy. Now, now I can relate to that. And, and a couple of things. I remember years ago, they used to do little survey shows on the little balcony area. And they did a Degas show that was fantastic. And, and then they did uh, a Degas show that was a mega Degas show. And, and that was unbearable to, to see. Uh, I mean, the overwhelming number of works and overwhelming number of people. It just, you just could not see the work, you know. So, I mean, yeah, there, there is a problem with too many people in the, in, in the room, you know. And, and uh, it's only partly elitist, I think. <laughs> I, I do feel that museums should have artist hours, you know. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, 
do we need to see it, this stuff more than the general public? I would argue yes. Yeah, we, we're actually engaged in the making, and, and we really want to just be able to stand there and look at something like you did with that little brooch. And that's why I, I, I have a problem with the barns uh, moving downtown. You used to be able to go to the barns, stand in front of a painting as long as you want, and, and there was no busy traffic there. It was, it was unbelievable. Now it's it's just like going to another museum. Do we have anything else on our hit list here? Yeah, you know I haven't been to the Frick in a long time, and I have not been to the Frick Madison yet. Uh, so that's that's uh, those are two. You you were to the Frick Madison? I haven't been there. I oh, wanted to go. I just yeah. yeah 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 yeah. Well, I, you know, to yeah. be there is a museum I've been to maybe twice in my life, the Museo del Barrio on Fifth Avenue. Right. Right. And um, yeah. it's a museum I don't pay enough attention to, for sure. See, this is one of the things. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm conflicted between should I go and broaden my aesthetic because there I would have my aesthetic broadened, or should I just hunt down the things I really know I want to see and I already love, um, you know? And that's like that's really a tension that mm-hmm. any artist I think often has. It's not unusual. Whereas I think that Peter, you've got a point to distinguish what artists are looking for from the public because i think the public is generally looking for pleasure coupled with a little bit of edification and we're 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 trying to hunt down what what's 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 the breadth of this endeavor we're all engaged in called art what's the depth of it and you know broaden and deepen what we kind of come to it with so i think we are a little different i don't think you're going to see museums letting artists have special hours but heck why not well, you know, I've argued for a long time that every museum should be open once a month for 24 hours, you know. Uh, and they've done that. The Rubin did that once, and also the Whitney did that for the Coons uh, retrospective. Uh, and, and it was, you know, it's fantastic going someplace at 2 in the morning. And, and it's hardly, you know. Oh, a night owl may, might yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, hey, what about... Fo- I'd go at midnight. Yeah, damn right. Remember that movie? The, the people, you could say, let's just, you could do it once a month. Yeah. And it, all the artists could just make plans to go on that one day. It'd be equally packed at midnight. It would be just like that movie, The Clock. Remember? But what's his name? Oh, Christian. Yeah, not Christian. Clay. Yeah, Mark Clay. Yeah, yeah. Christian Mark Clay. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. I went to like <laughs> three in the morning. It was wall-to-wall people. Yeah, yeah. that was really good. So... Hey, I have another one. Photographica. Have you been there? No. It's on, uh, is it Park Avenue? Yes. Uh, below 22nd Street. It's a photo museum. It's a cool building, although I'm not always thrilled with what they have, you know. And uh, uh, it was, uh, well, it was a building that was uh, repurposed as a museum. So it's, it, the exterior has always been cool. Uh, and then inside, they've created exhibition spaces and stuff like that. I'm going to throw in one that isn't in New York, but kind of in the tri-state area that we I always forget about is the Newark Museum. Again, easy to get to. Um, and I saw a Jack Witten show there. Well, um, that was a while ago, but it was a beautiful Jack Witten show. And, you know, that museum is very interesting because its mission is a little different from other museums. It's... Um, it was founded, I forget when, and I forget who the founder was, but it was basically a rejection of the models of uh, showing art at like the Met. He, uh, the, the founder wanted to make collections that would serve local audiences, local, the people who live there and respond to local needs and local wants. And that's where the Brooklyn Museum has really been moving to respond more and more to local um, neighborhood desires and what they want to get out of their museum that's in their neighborhood. So that's also an interesting thing. The Met is not really responding to local neighborhood desires, if it is. Well, I guess they do because they have special (laughs) special dinners for the rich people who live on Fifth Avenue. But you know what I mean. It's not like that. But the Met is trying to welcome more people into their galleries, to be fair. It's not like they are just being uppity. They're having more and more uh, didactic material that's comprehensible with good big you know wall material for everybody to understand frankly that's the kind i need i'm not a scholar i need those big things um so they're helpful but 
anyway, the Newark Museum should be on people's radar to just check out what's going on, what what's scheduled for the next year. And I, Bena Copel number 15, I think at this point, I did not yet check out what's uh, Newark Museum this year. All right. It's time to take a break and give a brief shout out to a few Two Coats of Paint sponsors. And when we come back, we'll be taking questions and comments from the audience. At the Painting Center, located at 547 West 24th Street, Suite 500 in Chelsea, two solo shows are on view through February 25th. Lisa Pressman, Things That Were Not Said, and Chase Cantwell, The Portrait Project. In the project space, Karen Nielsen-Fried and Mary Beth Rothman present Uncommon Narratives. At Prince Street Gallery, also located at 547 West 27th Street, Suite 504, Behind the Pale, new work by Renee Katami, on view through February 25th. Uh, please encourage your galleries, nonprofit organizations, art programs, and universities to advertise on Two Coats of Paint. For info, send an email to twocoatsofpaint at gmail.com with advertising in the subject line. We look for contributions and advertising to support the project here at Two Coats of Paint. Thank you. In case you're just entering the room, this is a Two Coats of Paint conversation hosted by Peter Dudek with Lori Fendrick and me, Sharon Butler. Well, we're about to uh, invite people to come up and chat. So uh, if anyone wants to raise their hand, uh, they can do so. I I know Camilla wants to uh, say something. She's mentioned that to me before. So maybe she wants to uh, come up. I believe she up there now. Yeah, she is. Okay. Hi. Hi. I was just thinking about um, when you mentioned the Christian Markley thing. And um, around that time, I think there was a show at Gagosian. It was a Picasso show, Marie Therese. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But whatever you think about Marie Therese, she was very young and he was in love with her. He was an old man. But he... He, um, there was a show there that was huge. It was a, there were a few other shows that I believe Kagosian did at the time. It was a good while ago, like maybe around 2012 or 2013. And it was so well done and it was very specific. And, um, there were, you know, a lot, there was a line to get in, but they didn't allow very many people in at one time. And at the time, I thought, like, why would I want to go to the Met where there are tons of people and you can't see or hear a thing? You can't, you know, even think straight. But I must say that I do love the Met and I've been there uh, several times recently. Um, What I have not done is gone to MoMA very recently. I did see the Red Studio. Um, It was a nice show, but I did find it a little disappointing. And... um, I think visually, I mean, except for the paintings, I mean, the way it was put together in the room. But um, I find myself going there less often, and I feel guilty that I missed the Luke Timon show and, you know, different things. But I only have one life, and I'm not in the city anymore. You know, I can't really run around like I used to. Um, but I must say that the Met Breuer is going to the Frick that's, well, it's the old Whitney, is, is really good. So I think it really shouldn't be missed if anyone wants to know. Um, So I don't really know that I have that much more to say, but I never would have gone to the new museum to see the Faith Ringgold show if it hadn't been for my sister who wanted to go. And it was mind-blowing, really. And I'm glad I went, and I really did sort of um, appreciate something new that I didn't know enough about. And I'm glad to have my horizons opened a little bit because I too really want to focus on painting and or historical, um, you know, shows that, you know, I really enjoy, like just going to the old Egyptian section of the Brooklyn Museum. You know, I'd almost rather see that than Judy Chicago. In fact, I would rather see that. So, (laughs) you know, there are a lot of other things like the Morgan. I love limited manuscripts. I love seeing the shows about books, uh, you know, manuscripts of poetry, um, things like that, that I would rather see things like that, I think, than a lot of the contemporary art, because I do see a lot of that art in galleries already. But so I guess that's about all I have to say. 
Well, you, you bring up a couple of things. Like, like I said, the, the galleries like Agosian are doing museum quality shows, and they're intimate and and, uh, and specific. Yes, right. Yeah. They can really focus on a certain period. Yeah, and, and they publish a book about it, etc. You know, uh, so they really do create competition for, for the museum. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the Faith Rango th- uh, thing show, but I didn't see it. It was but, really good. Yeah, uh, very yeah. well done. But, and but, yeah. yeah. But every now and then I have, I have a perhaps um, attitude that we're, oh, I know the artist or something like that. Yeah. And for example, I just went to see the Cats show, you know, at the Guggenheim. And I actually liked that show, you know, yeah. uh, for various reasons. But, oh, but. The previous retrospective by him, I, uh, which is a little while ago. Well, I, I think I, it fits well in that space. You know, I was really show. surprised. Yeah. That's right. Because they adjusted this, you know, they built walls in front of the curve and stuff like that. So you could see the paintings better sometimes, you know. I have uh, one comment about the um, Gagosian exhibition. It's like I remember <laughs> seeing the um, Monet show. Uh, that was a Ooh, while ago. Yeah, wow. It, it was <laughs> unbelievable. And... Uh, I, it was late works, and I can't remember, but it was at least 10 years ago. But at any rate, I remember at the time, and to this day, I still wonder sometimes, where and how are they able to do this? Where are they getting these paintings? And Because, there's, you know, like, who's paying for it? Who's got a vested interest in this? Because is, Larry is not doing this for us. <laughs> he just is not. So behind it is a sort of bit of a question mark for me now look i'm saying it was a gorgeous show i loved it i you know i'm not saying anything against the exhibitions except it's like is it somehow there's something i don't know no i don't want to use the word dirty but it's like i don't know what it is underlining under underneath these exhibitions and i don't know what it is and i don't like that feeling well, yeah, there's always a lot of skullduggery going on everywhere. So, yeah, that's a good question. I love that word. But, Great um, word. <laughs> <laughs> skullduggery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 That's a, it is a good word because there is a lot. I mean, you know, money laundering. Well, I wouldn't say they're doing that. I'm just, you know, they're maybe increasing the value of these pieces. Who knows? Who knows what the motivation is? But whatever it is, they've got good people to work on it. They can pay them what they want to curate these things and uh, people seem to want to lend so i you know to gagosian so they must have a lot of insurance so i mean it's amazing really that you're right that 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 goes on i haven't seen a show there for years though so i don't know if they're still doing that or maybe i just haven't been aware but the other thing i want to do address is something you said laurie it's like reasons for going to a museum or to a show and I think every artist sort of every different show and every different artist gives you a different reason. And, um, you know, I find myself um, really happy that I've seen a lot of the shows that I have seen recently. And I, I can't even really have kind of a blur right now. So I'm not in New York as often, but um, yeah, I'm just, I think we're lucky to have this opportunity to have so many things close by, but it's true that it's hard to concentrate with a lot of, people and noise around and it's just good to go first thing in the morning especially to the met that's what i would do yeah well that's a good point i'd want to quickly throw in um you know i think there are multiple reasons for going to museums but and and i i continue to think along with peter kind of i think artists have different reasons for going there is (laughs) one thing that i think is the flip side of all this which is when you said there's so much and all that Sometimes I feel like I'm like a whale going through plankton and it's just so much I'm seeing. I can't, I can't get my bearings after a while and I have to mm-hmm. slow down. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's happened when I lived in New York, I lived in New York in Tribeca for almost 40 years. And then I moved away and now I come down and I don't have that loft anymore. I stay at my sister's apartment on the Upper West Side and I'm like a tourist. I come down, I'm here for a week, once about once a month. And uh, and I, I love my sister, so it's not hard. But I have this list of stuff. I'm, like, crashing through around seeing stuff. And so, like, even today, I'm kind of going nuts. I, I want to mention a couple uh, destination places, which are just north. And, and those are uh, uh, Dia Beacon and Magazino. Now, now Dia, 
I, I used to go to all the time. I'd say I'd go there like once a year, but but uh, COVID interrupted, so I haven't been there in a couple of years. And then Magazino, have you guys been? I've been to Magazino <laughs> recently and, and Magaz- several, uh, several times before. You guys know that place? No, I've heard yeah. of it and I've yeah. never been there. Yeah, it's I in should. Garrison, just mm-hmm. north. And uh, it's not as convenient because the train station's not mm-hmm. there like uh, at Dia Beacon. But I think there is some sort of shuttle system, but uh, I, I, ju- I just drive there. And it's uh, a, a post-war Italian art collection. It's a private collection. So they built uh, a little uh, museum of their own that housed the collection. And, and uh, uh, last time I was there, uh, I don't know, maybe talk, you know, because they do what talks. Happened? And, and they do films and, and uh, all sorts of things. Uh, so, so, but you know, the whole art provera uh, movement, uh, they were big collectors. They got a whole lot of work by them. And, uh, they, so the permanent collection, they, they, uh, they seem to rotate it slowly because a lot of similar pieces have been, uh, there, uh, when I, uh, when I go, but, but they do rotate it and, uh, it's a cool place and there's a great barbecue place right across the street too. Magazino. There was a Hauser and Worth did a Art Povera show. Was it? I think it was right before COVID. I don't know if you guys saw that. And some of that work was borrowed from this collection. Whose collection is it? Um, Olnick Spanu collection of post-war hmm. Italian art. Uh, it's mostly from the '60s and '70s, uh, but there's some more recent work as well. Uh, so, you know, people like Kunilis and uh, Mertz. And, and that's a good day trip, you know, just like Dia Beacon. Yeah. yeah. It, it might be a little too much to do them both in the same day. But, but it's good day. Well, how, how far do you want to go in this? Because it's like there are so many. There are There's this other cat. I mean, there's something like 18,000 museums in the United States. I don't. 20,000. Yeah. I have no idea. But some of them are really small museums. I've been to a number of them in New England, not far from New York. If you have a car, it it isn't hard to get to them. Where I go, oh, my gosh, they own that? You know, and there'll be some, you know, incredible painting that you, you know, I happen to be a Bellows fan, and they'll have a little Bellows painting. Like that little red dinghy painting is owned by, I forget what, but some little museum, New Bedford. No, not New Bedford. It's in Connecticut. And I stumbled across it. I had no idea it was there. I'm in this little museum for reasons I cannot remember. And there it is, this little thing. And that's the same. There's these college museums all around New England, all over the place that have in their collections really great stuff. So, again, it's like this is like that bottomless well of of Borgesian like hell where it's like there's so many, so much out there. So in a way, I, I like everything I do with museums. This is a really fun discussion for me because it's being called for me. A little like what should what's what should I put back on my radar that I've let fall off, and I appreciate that. Yeah, well, that is true. All these um, small museums and museums in cities they have maybe a, a unique like Stuart Davis or something you know one you haven't seen before, but there, there's also like museums that are just one collection like um, Clifford Still. I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't been to that museum. I'm kind of aching to, to go there, you know. Where is that? No, Clifford Still is, is in Colorado, right? Oh, is, is oh really? It's in Denver. Yeah, it is. Oh, in Denver. okay, got yeah. the wrong place. Oh, is that what happened? So, oh, you know, he, there were all these requirements that they build a separate structure and all of these things, and they uh-huh. Denver. So yeah. there he went. I don't think he had any um, attachment to Colorado or Denver. Right. No, it was he was a West Coast guy. He moved to the West Coast. Uh, and I think a lot of his art is where one of the school museums there, right? Uh, Berkeley? Is it Berkeley? Well, he taught at the Art Institute of uh, the San Francisco Art Institute. He taught right. there. I have no idea. Berkeley was an interesting thing about, well, you know, is Berkeley had owned or somehow had a very strong connection with the San Francisco Art Institute. So maybe yeah. that's that's why. I don't know. Right. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and then there's the Yale Museum. Now that's just a train ride. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, I'm still thinking about Clifford Still as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, sure. I would really love to have video of him teaching. I have a great book that uh, my that Peter uh, pulled out of the dumpster at the San Francisco Art Institute when he asked Julie Reed, who is the director of exhibitions there, what was this? And she said, you can have it if you want. They're throwing it out. So we have a Clifford Still uh, role book. He gave good grades. But he recorded, <laughs> he recorded. Does it say what kind of assignments he, he had? I did not see. There's nothing like that in it. But he was a meticulous attendance taker. Like, uh-huh. Uh, putting oh a little God. check I wish in. I could find some of his old students. <laughs> Couldn't be that hard. Go look in that roll book. <laughs> okay, I'll see if we I'll... know any of them and if they're still alive. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. All right, but I interrupted. Go ahead. Yale, I think uh, you were going to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All I was going to say is it's a wonderful collection. And the Yale Museum, I'm not talking about the British Museum, I'm talking about the Yale Museum, also puts on really good shows. And. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really recommend following the Yale Museum because it's a nice trip up there. There's good restaurants right outside it that are not expensive. And you can have a nice day at the Yale Museum and come home. It's a nice trip. Easy. It's yeah. it's not as beautiful a train ride as going to Beacon, but it's short. Yeah. Well, well Camilla went to Yale. And so she's familiar with both the British Museum and... and oh, the, yeah, they have, yeah. 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 It, the, I miss the art gallery. I haven't been there in about 10 years. And, you know, but now I'm in Connecticut, I'm in Sharon, it's kind of far to go to New Haven from here, you know, but I am going to the Hillstead Museum. Do you know that museum? It's in Farmington, Connecticut. They have uh, two, at least two of Monet's haystacks. I don't Um, know that museum. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It's a little jewel. It's a house museum, you know, it belonged to, I think, um, Theodate Pape. Is that it? The woman who designed, well, I think it was designed by a female architect. She was in that family, uh, Theodate Pope, I think maybe it is. And it's her family collection. I'm not sure the details, I must say. I'm very sorry that I'm hazy because I um, have been there, but it was closed. The reason, though, is I was in Farmington for a different reason. So I that day, it's not open very often, so you have to check. And you also, I think they don't allow people to go through alone. So you have to have a museum guide with you. But I think that's fine. I mean, it's not crowded. I'm sure there's hardly anyone there. But they have a good collection of Impressionism, at least. And I don't know what else they have. I think that maybe they have, you know, decorative arts as well. And uh, there was also, that was where I think um, Danielle Tegetter and her friend did the um, Helma Uplimp show, or the one they did that was about the tarot cards. Do you know that? You know those those Danielle does the tarot cards that are based on Helma Uplimp or something like that. It's the called Helma's Ghost. Yeah, the Hillstead yeah. is known for collaborating with contemporary artists. You know, um, they can work with bringing really? things from the collection and so forth. So. Well, you could go into uh, college art museums. <clears throat> now we're talking about big trips, but Williams College Art Museum, incredible. Smith College Art Museum is really a good museum. Um, you know, really a good museum. And then you're up in that territory where it's not that far to go on over to the Clark oh, and spend yeah. the day there and, spend, and, and uh, you know, see Mass Mocha. So it's like surrounding New York, I haven't talked about going south to say Princeton Art Museum, but these college art museums are kind of hanging out there, uh, not to mention, of course, uh, Mass Mocha and the Clark, So, which is separate. Uh, the Clark is not connected to Williams College, but it's like, it's like if you look around for day trips in the spring or something, you can make a lot of like a wonderful experience in a museum because they aren't as crowded as New York, New York museums. They never are. This is true, although, you know, uh, of course, uh, uh, the Clark is in Williamstown, as it is uh, the Williams College Museum. And, and of course, the Mass Mocha was a, a, a product of Williams College and Tom Krenz. And, and of course, Krenz has been up there trying to even build more museums. And, and at one point, it would seem that it seems like it, at some time in the future, you'd be able to enter the front door of Mass Mocha and by walking through various contiguous spaces, exit the Clark Museum. There was that sense that he wanted to build more and more museums, and he still keeps on changing his plan, but he's determined to put another museum in North Adams. Yeah, he's kind of an empire builder. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think he's busy in the Middle East now. <clears throat> but uh, I think I listed all the museums I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, Lori, what was your big five again? Because I think I had a different big five. What was your big five? <laughs> well, of course, I'm going to start with the Met. It's the queen of everything. And it's uh -huh. like uh, Philippe de Montebello once said about it that it's, it's the memory of mankind. Because he would say mankind, so he was an old-fashioned guy. But I get what he was saying. It's just, it's, you know, ever since I was little, it had that little wonderful short, that little children's story that I used to read my daughter. Um, I forget. The two little kids who hide in a, in a you know, a, a Egyptian coffin and whatever. Does anybody know about that short story? Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> it was a great short story. They get out, and then during the night, they wander around the mat. But so it's the Met, MoMA, the Whitney. Those are my, my top, and the Guggenheim. So Met, MoMA, Whitney, Guggenheim, and the Frick are my top and sort of Frick. magnificent, the gods of, and goddesses of the Olympia of the art museums in New York. Well, you know, what about the Noguchi Museum? Ah. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Now that I live in Queens, I actually got out there to the Noguchi Museum. Yeah. They send a bus from Midtown, you know, for openings that they have. So that's easy to get to. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I know. It's one of those things that, Sharon, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like one of those museums where once you've gone out there and seen it sort of once and it's all about Noguchi and then it's like, how much, I'm, here I go, I'm, you know, I, how much Noguchi do I want? But they have alter, you know, revolving uh, exhibitions that are about other artists' relationships to Noguchi, and you know, they mix right. it up a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, places like that, they they uh, have expanded their programming to to, like you say, pair up contemporary artists uh, uh, in, in that space. Yeah, a number of small places have been doing that, but yeah, I haven't been to Noguchi in a little while. I used to like take a class. Over on the uh, in the river Roosevelt Island. Roosevelt, yeah, you take that that tramway thing uh -huh. over to Roosevelt. We walk over the bridge to the Noguchi, and then we would end by going over to Socrates Sculpture Park, which is oh. not a museum, but it it, it 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 you know broadens the situation. You know, good outing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good day trip. Of course, your class has to be almost six hours long. <laughs> well, I'll say something, you know, arrogant, like the, you know, that sculpture is something you step back and bump uh, into when you are stepping back to look at a painting. Uh, I, I do think Noguchi is a great artist. I'm not detracting from that. But once again, it's this issue of time. And, you know, I'm, I'm not that interested in sculpture compared to my interest in painting. So unless there's a real draw with a, you know, a sculptor that I think is somebody I need to see either because of aesthetically I am drawn to it or somebody says to me, this is really important in sculpture, I, I'm not gonna seek it out. I don't think, I think a lot of people are like me and I don't think it's a bad thing. I've got only so much time and I, don't we, uh, especially artists need to work sometimes ooh. in our own studios? <laughs> yeah, can I add another thing for Queens? Yeah. yeah. MoMA PS1. Ah, oh, of yeah, course. Yeah. Oh, God, I... these, are, these are the ones that, you know, that's like my local. So. Uh, do you know what's there now? I, I haven't been there since COVID. Yeah. Uh, let me think. What was the last thing I saw there? Uh, well, let's see. They had Greater New York. But it's such a great size, you know? The museum, actually, I like it. I like the space. Space is. I like wandering around there. Yeah, and there's other stuff, like the sculpture center there. And, yeah. Right. I'm not completely, uh, you know, but I'm trying to be hey. like a little bit honest about it all because I'm not just Catholic in my taste. I'm really yeah. not. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, I have you, to restrict. Because you go the to other thing oh, that makes it hard go about going to museums is there are so many shows in galleries yeah. of friends, you know, and you feel as though you've got to support your friends. You've got to support the people you know, the people who are in the you know painting conversation that you're in and so that when you talk about time that is a big piece of it too yeah yeah i mean i don't think that P pablo picasso is going to hold it against me that i didn't go to that but he doesn't show at the mat you know what i'm saying he doesn't care well i i do like day trips it's it's i used to go to uh 
Washington, D.C. all the time. I'd say once a year I'd go there. And, you know, either be the Phillips or the National Gallery or, or the Hirshhorn. It used to be the Corcoran. I guess they're gone now. But uh, Phil- Philadelphia interrupted that. At one point, I, I, I stopped at Philly instead of going all the way to Washington. And, and I go there all the time now. And, and, and so I haven't been to Washington, D.C. In, in, in quite some time to see shows. But the uh, Gustin show is going there, right? Yes, it's going there. Right, so definitely going to go there and take a long weekend. And uh, last time I was there was to see the Phillips Collection. So that was, uh, that might have been right before COVID, like right before it. And, and uh, yeah, definitely have to see the, uh, the National Gallery and try to check out uh, what, else, what else is going on there. Well, one other thing I'm just going to throw in is I have, because I have a membership at MoMA Met, I think nothing, if I'm uptown for some other reason, of just popping in to see a favorite, a favorite, one of my, my favorites. And it really shakes me up when MoMA decides to reinstall everything. <laughs> it's like, okay, <clears throat> fine. Now, where am I going to find, you know, that wonderful Leobov Popova painting again? What have you done with it? You put it in a hallway or something? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it's the same thing at the Met. It's such an enormous enterprise to go to the Met that I often will just pop in just to go see a memling. That little Netherlandish painting room, gallery room is spectacular. And I'll just go wander back down out onto the street. One of the things you can do when you have a membership. And I do like that. And I like the way they actually rehung the collection at the MoMA. Because I was teaching a class that was 1860 to 1960. And so it was so great. You could just say, Go, to, go see this. Go see these rooms. And it was everything that I wanted them to see. You know, it's uh, coming up on closing time. Yep, I have, a, I have a plumber coming over to take care of something. So. <laughs> well, I'm footloose and fancy free. And like I said, I'm going to head out to MoMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thanks, Peter, for hosting today. Sure thanks thing. for guesting. And Camilla, and thanks everyone who joined us. You know, I've got a couple of upcoming things. Does anybody else have something upcoming they want to give a shout out? Peter's got Spring Break LA. Yeah, yeah. There's a former student graduated from SVA, maybe uh, 2015, I don't know, something like that. And uh, she's been out. Oh, she must no. She graduated earlier, 2005. So she's been on, out, out in LA for a while. And so I decided, and she's doing some really fun stuff. I thought, and and uh, so I, I pitched a, a proposal to uh, Spring Maybe Break and. Yeah, naked lunch. That's right. Is that the theme for LA as well as? Yeah, that's the theme. Yeah, uh-huh. and and, and uh, uh, but visually, I thought her work really made sense for the theme, and they, they took it. So I'm going to go out there. Uh, I think Monday. Okay. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I want to say that we're having a, an upcoming conversation in real life, uh, IRL. It's part of the Bang Spotlight series on Saturday, February 18th. And that's at Jennifer Bang Gallery at 790 Madison Avenue. I'm going to be speaking with R.C. Baker. Does anybody remember R.C. Baker from the Village Boys? Uh, R.C. and I are in a... It's actually Bob. Bob Baker. We're in a show uh, at... And we're going to be talking about that. So that's going to be February 18th at 2 p.m. And then um, our next conversation here on the Two Coats of Paint Conversation podcast is called Long Distance Painter, Shifting Context and a Studio Life. It's going to be Monday, February 20th at noon, recording live and then uh, saved as a podcast. It's a multi-generational conversation between Catherine Howe and Zachary Citrin. Uh, with special guests and Zachary uh, you may know Catherine she shows at Winston Walker and Zachary just had to show it um, I hope I got the name right so that's it uh, if if anybody uh, wants to hear the conversation again it will be available in podcast format later today hopefully if the sound came out I don't know we were having uh, issues with that so we'll see and it's in the podcast uh, apps Stitcher Apple Podcasts Spotify so subscribe there and you'll always get the alert for our new conversations. So that's it. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye.